Welcome to Beauty Uncut, the podcast. I'm Shania. I'm Kayla. And I'm Ian. And we're here to bring a new perspective to beauty. Today's podcast is going to be all about medical tourism. So that's that's that. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> no, like, you know, getting dermal fillers overseas. I feel like that's becoming increasingly mm. popular as well as cosmetic surgery overseas, which I knew was going to happen. I predicted it. Happen Watch, again. Happen again. Well, <laughs> whatever. But I want to tell you guys something before we jump into that. Do you think I'm a hypochondriac? Yep. Yeah. Hypochondriac. <laughs> what? Why are you laughing? React. It's a, like, a, you can't, you used it as a verb. you like, you can't hypochondriac someone. Oh, what's it called? Hypo- hypochondriac is a noun. Oh, ac. Yeah. yeah. Do you think I'm that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Why? Because you're always <laughs> diagnosing yourself. <laughs> yeah, but I get over it within 30 seconds. Anyway. The ghost. I wanted to tell you guys about my ghost story before we jump into like medical tourism and the deepness of it. Um, why are you laughing? Because depth. The, oh, whatever. <laughs> Honestly, you can tell who's a doctor and who's a receptionist. We're gonna do. We're gonna do English lessons in a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you guys like to hear my quirks? Yeah. Exactly. We have a whole list. We'll bring it out on the podcast one day yeah. when we do our live show. I think. Yes, that'll be funny. All right, the ghost. So I was asleep. No, I wasn't. I made that up. Sorry, I wasn't asleep. I was awake (laughs) and I was going to go to sleep and I heard these like footsteps outside of my bedroom and my housemate wasn't home and I was like, has she come home? So I like slide my door open and like poke my head out. No one there. I don't, I feel like this happened, but I've told this story before and Dr. Chinsey, why did I just call you Dr. Chinsey? Weird. Ian said that this didn't happen, but I felt like I heard footsteps again, but whatever. We'll, we'll cut that out. <laughs> Anyways, I go to sleep. Middle of the night, early in the morning, not sure when it was. I feel someone like dragging me out of bed. Like, but I can't wake up. But I just feel like someone's like on my ankles trying to pull me out of bed. And I'm like screaming, but nothing's coming out. Oh I can't God. wake up. And yeah, now we have a ghost. A self-diagnosed so, ghost. <laughs> I'm not staying at yours anymore. <laughs> Did you experience any ghost no, tendencies? I actually didn't. Yeah. The other thing is that when Kayla first told me the story, I basically said, that's just like that movie, The Nightmare, which is a documentary about sleep paralysis. Mm. So I think. Sorry, that was my fault. That's probably what you had. Sleep yeah. paralysis, but yeah. why? Well, I don't know. I well, mean, it can happen under times of extreme stress. <laughs> that doesn't explain <laughs> the footsteps. And I'm also no. not stressed. Okay. Yeah, okay. If you say so. <laughs> actually, actually, you, had, you have another ghost story that happened when we were here in the clinic. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, Shania and Ian were standing at the doorway and I <laughs> felt like I could see, you know, when you look in a mirror and you can see a reflection. It was like a reflection had run past the door. This sounds like I should go to a mental asylum. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. I know. Am I like attracted? Is a ghost attracted to me or something? Maybe I do need an exorcism. Maybe. Hmm. Should we try it? No. On a future episode. On a future episode. <laughs> a beauty uncut. Live. We perform an exorcism on Kayla. Yeah. All right. Well, medical tourism. Let's just jump straight into that. Yeah, yeah let's, let's jump do it. into it. It's quite a scary as ghost, but you know. <laughs> So I knew this was going to happen, even though Ian thinks this has happened before, whatever it has. But I feel like everyone is jumping ship and going overseas. And Mm. I feel like the new guidelines are partly to blame. Thoughts, opinions. You said said that right from the start when the the guidelines came out. Mm -hmm. But tell me, what have you seen recently? Everyone on my TikTok page going to Turkey. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you get, okay, this girl went to Turkey, gets off the airplane. There's a sign that says, want a last minute cosmetic surgery, book your nose job, scan the QR code. Oh my God. You can scan the QR code to go and get surgery in Turkey. Wow. But I also don't blame them because it is becoming increasingly hard to get cosmetic surgery in Australia. Whether they get it done here or not, like they're going to, they're going to find a way to get it, whether they do Mm. it here or in another country. Wouldn't we prefer them to do it in Australia where we have really strict guidelines? We have good hospitals. We have good surgeons and doctors. Absolutely. I mean, the one thing I say to patients, whenever they bring it up to me, I say it's the follow-up that's important because you can go overseas. You can actually get good surgery overseas. I know there's a lot of good doctors in Thailand. There's probably a lot of good doctors in Turkey as well. And the problem is once you've had your surgery and you come back home, you really have no contact with that clinic. I don't Mm. think you can email them and ask questions. You know how many times our surgical patients email for reassurance or asking Mm -hmm. questions or clarify something. They don't have that opportunity if they go overseas. And then they're left to to get on those forums mm. and speak to people and get their advice from non- other people who are not medical. necessarily medical. Yeah. yeah, it's like, where's the duty of care there? Yeah. Like, very blurred line. Yeah. And again, like wound breakdowns and infections, mm. they typically don't happen until, you know, like <clears throat> three, four weeks after your surgery. You're well and truly back home. What happens, you know, then? You have – it's so hard – to then go to another surgeon or doctor and try and get care. Well, typically then the burden falls on their GP or the public, the public system. system, which mm. our public system just can't handle it. No, no. And, and that's the problem with the new guidelines. You're not the only person who's made that criticism that people are going to start going overseas. That was one of the topics discussed in the cosmetic surgery safety conference was that we are really pushing patients out of this country overseas to have surgery. And then when they come back, they are going to put undue pressure on the public system. For sure. And I get the appeal of wanting to go overseas. You know, surgery is so much cheaper overseas, but at what cost? You know? Mm-hmm. And now I think you know, they used to, this is before, well, we, we have to rewind a bit. This is probably 10 years ago. Thailand was really popular for patients from Australia to go to for surgery. And they had usually a holiday built in. It was like a big package. They had their holiday. They had the hotel. Everything was together with their surgery. Now it seems that people going overseas don't even have that holiday booked. They're literally just going overseas for the surgery. Going overseas, yeah. You don't need a GP referral. You don't need a mental health assessment. You don't need anything really you just yeah, go, it's like you just I, rock up to the airport scan yeah. the qr code and boom you're booked in for your nose job so hang on was this in the turkish airport or yes yeah, yeah not in australia I was gonna say. <laughs> no in the turkish airport but you could literally like just book it wow that's crazy no, no consult no nothing yeah it's interesting because i was at an event a few weeks ago and was talking to the the owner of the venue and sort of talked about what i do and the first thing he said to me was why turkey He's like, why? Out of out of context, he said, "Why Turkey?" And it took me a little while to say, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> like, why is everyone? <laughs> yeah, going yeah. To, yeah. Why but is that was the question. Why Turkey? why Turkey all of a sudden? Yeah. And I know Turkey was really popular for dental procedures. Yeah. Oh my god, have you um, seen all the botched dental mm-hmm. jobs at yeah. the moment? Yeah. yeah. Why? Like, I I don't I really don't understand why the whole everyone's going there for dentistry because now there's all of these horror stories coming out where people like have to basically remove their teeth and get dentures. Yeah. Why was it so popular? I don't know. Then that's, that's a good question. I think it's because it's trendy because, you know, when Southeast Asia used to be the, the popular tourist destination, obviously that's when Thailand rose to prominence. And now I think it's obviously Europe. It's the Greek islands. That's where 
people slash influencers go for their holidays. And so then they come to know that part of the world and Turkey's become the next destination. That's my theory. I won't mention his name, but there was a cosmetic cowboy, as they like to say, that was working here in Australia and he kind of got blasted out on 60 Minutes for unsafe practices. What did he do? So a many lot things. of things. <laughs> Can you guys recap for the audience? So one of the things was fat. So his clinics did a lot of liposuction mm-hmm. and fat transfer. And it was the storage of the fat once it was taken out for use later. And it was kept in... The lunch fridge. The lunch fridge. Oh. And uh, it was sent home with nurses to, to keep in their fridges so when accreditation bad. happened. That was, you know, one amongst many, many things. Yeah. yeah. I heard horror, horror stories. Like the nurses were the ones doing the consults and giving the quotes. Actually, there was a story which we still joke about in theater sometimes. Um, there was a one of the doctors who worked there was meant to start a case and told the nurse to start doing the liposuction because he was going to get a haircut. Then he went and got his hair cut and came back. my God. That's so bad. I had a friend who worked for someone in that clinic Mm. and they were doing an abdominoplasty and he had to catch a flight. He left the nurses to stitch up. When she told me that, I was literally like sick. I was like, if Ian had ever asked any of us to ever do that, which you would never, I would walk out and be like, no, miss your flight. Stitch your own patient. Mm. Also, I'm not a nurse, but you know. Also, I, I, would, I would never ask. He would never do that. Yeah. No. And I think this is why the cosmetic industry has gotten such a bad rep here in Australia because of these cosmetic surgeons slash doctors doing unsafe practices. But that's not to say that goes to the vast majority of people. I would say it's a very select few people. Yeah. And I feel like everyone's kind of getting. I mean, the spotlight's on everyone now. Yes. It's, it's on the entire industry, industry. because of, just because of that. Yeah. Anyways, I bought this up because he's actually going, he's gone to Turkey and he's working in Turkey now. So, oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, we have, we have it on good authority that, yeah. that he's now operating there in Turkey. Word on the grapevine. How do you practice as a doctor in another country? So you have to get registration by that country and yeah. there's a few things that you have to go through and maybe he had registration already, but you have to usually sit an exam, go through an application process. It's different for each country. Mm. For instance, me... Um, obviously I'm a citizen of the U S as well. If I wanted to go practice medicine there, because I got my degree here in Australia, I have to sit their U S MLE exam or their board exam to get registered as a doctor in the U S before I can work there. Wow. And so he's probably gone. And so he's, he's probably done whatever requirement there is. That is. And so now instead of doing it in Australia, he's doing it in Turkey. And you know what? People probably don't even realize. No, no, no. I think it's funny. It's ironic in a, in a sense that patients from Australia now going to Turkey for surgery mm-hmm. can very likely end up having surgery with him. That's because I feel like consumers don't really know about that like case. Like I yeah. feel like it was mainly people in the industry that were made aware of it. Yeah. And nobody maybe, watches the news. No, I don't watch the news. I think you're right. I think you're right. Because I feel like in, in my mind, literally every person in this country knows about that, but it's not true. No, mm. hardly anyone. Mm. Uh, Ask about the consultation process. So what's the consultation process now for cosmetic surgery in Australia? So in Australia, it's a two consultation process where you have to have a minimum of two consultations, one in person. Mm -hmm. And around that, so you've got like peri-consult items that you have to accomplish. One of them is a GP referral. One of them is the body dysmorphic disorder screening tool. 
And then after your two consultations, you have a cooling off period. The cooling off period always existed, but it was only after one consult previously. Mm. So they have to have the two consults and then there's a cooling off period. Yeah. How long? Shania, did you not listen to our podcast? No, I'm, I'm going to release <laughs> this. But so how long between the two consults do they need? So that was never specified, but we yeah. make it at least seven days. Yeah. Okay. Because I've been seeing TikToks about people going to Turkey mm. and wherever. They literally like fly there, see the doctor like right before the surgery yep. that day. And then Shania, some of them might not even have been booked in for surgery, but they rock up to the airport. Yeah, and they're and like, well, I'm well, I'm I'm also getting a nose job while Isn't I'm that here. crazy? Yeah, yeah like, that's crazy. There's such a like longer process. Someone could just go to Turkey tomorrow, scan the QR yep. code and get a nose job. And be back within seven yeah. days. <laughs> but you know, it's interesting, even here, Again, you know, close to 10 years ago now, there were clinics doing that basically mm. where patients would ring up and say, I want to get breast surgery. They would speak to what they would call a cosmetic consultant who was a receptionist or, you know, someone non-medical and who would give them information about it. Guys, I did that. Did you? Yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. It was um, <laughs> we all have evidence. One in our, in our <laughs> it was on the, I obviously never went through with it. I actually had three consults. I won't say who they were. One was a plastic surgeon, one was cosmetic surgeon, and then one was this like medi tour, whatever yep. they call. And it was owned by a plastic surgeon at the Gold Coast. Yep. I sent off my images on email. They wrote back and they're like, this is what you need. I booked in my surgery date. I wasn't even having a consult the day before. I was having a consult the morning of my surgery. Mm. <laughs> and then they moved my surgery date and my boss wouldn't let me have time off. And then I just <laughs> didn't go ahead with it. And then I ended up having another consult with a plastic surgeon and then after another consult with a cosmetic surgeon and then I decided to move to Canada for a week. <laughs> <laughs> as, as you would. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. But yeah, I, I was one of those people. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, it just goes to show what was normalized mm. at the time and now what is obviously not. But I think a lot of our patients still don't really understand mm -hmm. the, the process. Yeah. So even coming into the consults now patients really are surprised at the whole yeah, when we explain process. to them what needs to be done mm. it's like you know they they obviously haven't heard heard the the new process mm. also i wanted to talk about fillers and mm. anti-wrinkle is becoming very popular in bali yeah i don't know if you guys know that but there is so many people flying to bali if they want if they're getting lip filler cheek filler jaw filler kind of like a whole shebang mm. it's cheaper to fly to bali than it is to have done in australia and now people are just paying for their flights, getting their filler and coming back home. Yeah, I've actually, I think I've had a few patients who've done that. Yeah, and I'm like, That's okay, crazy. good luck to you, Dad. I'm too scared to get a facial in Bali. Like, as in, like, I when I wanted to get a facial, I researched high and low, mm -hmm. like, to find a reputable place. Yeah. There is no way someone's injecting a toxin into me in a third world country that I don't know anything about. But it's now now that you know, I, th I think you've got enough knowledge to yeah. make that. I, I think the general public, mm. obviously, and when it's trivialized, yes. you, you just don't know how serious it is. You don't know what can go wrong. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I feel like if I was not in the industry, just a consumer, like I'd probably do that. Like, I, I wouldn't. I, I honestly don't think because I Because they, like, I think they post a lot as well. And like, I know someone from Australia that runs one of the Bali's clinics, mm. like one of their social media, mm. and they just post everything that we're not allowed to post here. 
And I'm like, wow, like that's crazy. But then it makes sense because more people are seeing those yeah. posts and, you know, they would be attracted to go there. Yeah. And it comes back to what I said on a previous podcast. If you're the one saying all these things, whether they're valid or not, you're seen as the authority. Mm. Whereas if you're not saying anything or not posting anything, I think the general thought is you actually don't do this or you don't know about this. Yeah. And that's where our social media is going to start to hurt compared to, mm. to the overseas. Mm. Yeah. Sure. I feel like that's me right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> Shanae messages me on the weekend. She's like, can you help me with my Instagram? Yeah. I'm Please. like, sure, are we doing it now? Or and then I'm like on Pinterest looking. <laughs> no, it's just like, because now I'm, I'm almost like scared. Yeah. Mm. I get about that. posting things. And I like, I want to make sure that everything is right. Yeah. But then it's, you know, what we were saying just before, people mm. don't know that I do lip flips or masseters. And yeah. I'm like, I do it all the time. And I think it's also hard because not everyone in Australia is following the rules either. And mm. so, you know, they're still posting Makes whatever they harder. want. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I get a panic attack every time I have to go and post something. I'm like waiting for an email from our PR lady being like, take it down. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, you know, we talked about the non-surgical guidelines coming through and how they're probably going to be a bit more strict. Yeah. One of the things with surgery was using colloquial terms like, boob job, tummy tuck. What's going to happen with terms like lip flip? Yeah. You're not allowed to say them anymore. Do you not know that? Have, have I think it's the same. Lip? It's kind of yeah. coming. Yeah. yeah, you can't use colloquial well, terms. There you go. But shut the front door. Did you guys hear that telehealth is potentially on its way out, which doesn't mm. even just affect our cosmetic industry. Like you potentially might not be able to even script for patients. Yeah. You'll have to have a doctor on site, which is fine because we always do have a doctor on site, but it's just annoying. And also for all of those other clinics out there. But also the I just call up my, you know, whatever GPs online and get a script mm. if I want a script. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like now I'm not going to be able to do that. Well, it's interesting because, you know, we went through the new guidelines that are going active in September about telehealth. And it was interesting, the wording behind it. They said that telehealth consultations for doctors are not supported by the board mm. and therefore not best practice. They did not say you couldn't do them. They're not against the but law, it's a, it's, but they basically said you yeah. couldn't do them. Like the fact that they're saying that yeah. is obviously yeah. saying something. And, and so... I think this was this was general telehealth. They yeah. weren't talking specifically about cosmetic surgery or, or cosmetic injectables. But I think when the non-surgical guidelines come through, there may be something, a little sentence the in there thing. that says the same and maybe even a bit mm -hmm. more strict. We'll so, see. cool. My job is... Shania's quitting like, on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've quit so, once. You're about to quit. It's fine, Shania. No. I'll, just, I'll just sit in no. the room with you. No, I'm not and, quitting. And you can inject and I'll Would you do script that? your patients. Yeah, because I'm not going to have oh. any surgery. <laughs> Perfect. Because <laughs> everyone's gone overseas. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's going to Turkey, so you won't have anything better to do than script for Shania's patients. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. Do you know what's funny? We, I, I had a chat with some of my colleagues about bringing patients here for surgery from what? China. Oh. So we, we, we were the medical tourism. Oh. But the rules are too strict. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> well, I know we had, I know that in, what do you call that country below us? New Zealand, that they don't have many cosmetic surgeons That's or doctors right. there. Yeah. And they were coming to Australia, but now they need an Australian GP referral yeah. to consults. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. because so we have to come back twice. We, we've had a few patients from New Zealand come over for surgery. And I think now with the way that the guidelines are, I don't think it's going to be viable for them. No, no way. Again, I watched a plastic surgeon's Instagram. And they were like, it's just another thing that you're taking away from women. And I actually agree with that. Mm. 
All right. Well, I think that's enough about medical tourism. Let's jump into my favorite segment of Broken Bougie. Broken Bougie. All right. This will be interesting. Yeah. What are we talking about? Our favorite cosmetic procedures to get done in Turkey. Okay. I'm kidding. I want veneers. <laughs> I want veneers. Petey Uncut gets veneers in Turkey. <laughs> and then we lose our teeth and we can't speak. Okay. No, seriously. Broken Bougie. Yes. Guys, we've run out of products. I yeah. feel like I could talk about Broken Bougie products any edition every week, but you guys are really lacking. Your product collection is second to none. I know. Mm. You guys are going to have to get on my level because I could literally tell you guys what products to buy every week. I think that Shania and I should actually go to your ghost infested house yes. one day and take part in your skin routine. You guys yeah. should. I've actually run out of space in my bathrooms and I now have resorted to putting them in the cupboard, like my, my clothes cupboard. <laughs> Anyway, I really wanted to do oil addition because I actually wasn't using a face oil for a little while. And now that it's winter, my skin is super dry. I feel like a shriveled prune. <laughs> for those of us who've never used a face oil before, can you tell me where in your routine does it go? I typically use it at the end. So I'll like cleanse, get out of the shower, apply my serums, moisturize, let that soak in. And then just before bed, I will apply a oil. And do you only do it at night then? I only do it at night yeah. time, yeah. Or if I'm feeling super dry, mm. which is not really ever. But I just feel like this winter, I think because I've been having the heater on a lot, I'm just mm. feeling very dehydrated and I just wanted something to feel comforting on my skin. Anyways, I was actually sent this product and it's the Institute Multi-Active Oil. I think it's like $49. And I used to use this when I first got into the industry and I have been loving it sick. I will say that. I love the hydration it gives me. It smells good. Feels good. Not is sure. it super like oily on the skin? It is, it is quite oily. Yeah. yeah. I do like a thick like product though. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, go. Sorry. I don't think Ian would like it. I think you would prefer mm. a more dry oil. Yeah. But this is like a thick oil. Mm. Love that. I'm going to have to try when I come over. I feel like you guys should both try this. It's the Synergy Lumi Balance Multi-Active Facial Oil for Luminous Skin. It's a little bit more expensive. It's 120 but it helps to like hydrate the skin, prevent transepidermal water loss, brightens uneven skin tone. It has peptides. peptides, so it's like a mm. vitamin A, yeah. but it's not. It's a plant-based vitamin A, but has similar properties. Yeah. So you guys should try that. Cool. I feel like mm -hmm. you would like it, Ian. It sounds good. I mean, I, like obviously I haven't oil. tried any oils before and being an old man, as my daughter said to me last night, I do need an anti-aging product. You do. <laughs> I'll send it to you and you can buy it. Thanks. Do you have any? I don't really use oils, but I do love like a thick moisturizer or something like on top to trap all my products in. Yeah. Actually, one thing that I have been doing is... I've been doing my like cream that helps with my eczema, I which is like gonna say this. my Graham's one. <laughs> but I've been putting number one, the cream on top. That's whack. Mm. At night. Yeah. Why? Because it's a little bit like, like thicker slash oilier. Right. So I like, it's I, like trapping everything in. I feel like you would, should get number four, the balm to lock everything in. Yeah. I think you'd really like that. And it'd be great for your eczema. Also, I just want to throw this out there. The Glory Oil. I knew you were going to say Such that. Such a weird name. I knew you were going to say that. Anyways, I feel like you would really like Glory Oil. From, I think it's like Eco by Sonia. It's also uh, a budget-friendly product. Yeah. Yeah. What's the budget? I think it's like 40 bucks. I think that mm. was on here. Yeah. It's great. All right. Let's wrap up the podcast. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> 
Just do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do Alright, thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. Make sure to follow us on our socials. All the information will be in the description. And don't forget to leave us a review. And we'll see you in our next podcast. Bye. Bye. I feel like we might have amnesia. Maybe. Is that short-term memory loss or long-term memory loss? Could be both.